Hello and welcome to Exiting Through the 2010s, a podcast about the movies from the 2010s. I'm Jack Draper. With me, my estranged friend who led me down a dark path, it's Claire Williams. Oh, wow. Is that, we're estranged now? Is that where we're at? Is that, uh, is that where we've, that's what's become of us? My, my, uh, my other option that I thought of was uh, my- uh, Doing heroin my, in, in my luscious apartment. No, I, w- I was thinking of uh, the the our friend who I'm teaching to read and write. Oh God. <laughs> okay, I guess I'll take the estranged. <laughs> but no, if that means you're, you're teaching me, that means I'm pretty hot and I have like yeah, a rock and bod. Yeah. So and that's you're one of those uh, uh, quite you know um, formative. Well endowed. Formative, formative. Oh, that too. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. 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 Um, All those things. And and you can shower in our living room, and you know it's it's going to be nice and and uh, and and warm in there. Oh yeah. But man, imagine it's, the it's confidence. just it's, it's just a typical uh of our production design, you know. Imagine the confidence, like, yeah, I'm gonna just fucking strip naked in your living room and bathe myself. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> and your son like, is gonna be watching. <laughs> I know. That's that's another thing where I'm just like, okay, all right. I don't know. I don't know about this, but all right. It's, it's, <laughs> seems fine with me, I guess. I don't know. No one's getting hurt, but it's just like, mm. whoa, this is this no escalated. This is this yeah. escalated into something I wasn't prepared for. But hey, I mean, he's hot, so I guess I'm yeah. cool with it. Yeah, it it's um it's one of those things where it's like the flashbacks here don't they don't you like you don't like stay in that world too long where it's like you feel like it's another movement going on, but it actually you do feel like it's it's pretty lived in. Also, it's just like such a nice balance to strike where it's like I feel like if you go with that structure in lesser hands, then it's like just make that movie, right? But it's basically yeah, like think, his the Fablemans. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, like yeah. that's what people are making nowadays. Fucking and Yuri yeah. too, and you know, fucking Brana. When did we talk about this? Did we talk about this last episode where we're talking about how everyone's just yes, we did because we were talking about Roma. We did, yeah, yeah Roma, which kind of like started off. Uh, it started off the also, I guess, uh, uh um, Joanna Hogg in a way. Um, yeah, but, and you also could just go back to c- yeah. cinema Paradiso and all right. that other shit. Sure, but, mm-hmm. sure, sure. But the modern uh, invasion of I want to make a movie about myself, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, yes. mo- mo- some of them are good, some of them are bad. So, some yes, exactly. And yeah. I, I mean, hot take. And all, <laughs> and all of them are are idiosyncratic in their own way, and sort of. And, and this one, I think, especially, I'm thinking about now that you see that the filmmaker in question is like slowing down a little bit and what they're known for is like taking shape into a new direction just to adapt into like how their own self-reflections can gel into their own work that they've tried to pave throughout their careers um and also it's like i mean we've done once upon a time in hollywood and i suspect with his new film Mm. uh this year we'll be covering the irishman right or it's like those are also 2019 films where it's like it could be their last one, right? Like they've kind of said it all. Right. <laughs> and yeah, I think this one also applies to that. And I think I remember we were, this was off the pod, but we were in like a, a, a video chat and we were talking about like Bob Fosse and how like everything, I, I haven't seen any of his films, but you said you had a quote saying that every film feels like his last film. And it is an interesting, like how that can that atmosphere or that feeling can be present when you know for a fact it's not their last movie mm-hmm. it's a very weird Absolutely. thing that happens a lot where you're just like i know this isn't your last movie but god damn it really does feel like it 
Yeah, especially rewatching this uh, after Parallel Mothers, where it's like, wow, so you just are keep going and like you're in this new phase of your career where it's it's just you you are still grasping at this in in the role of of Spanish history and the role that the maternal figure plays in your life. But it's like you still had more to say after Pain and Glory. And it's like that's what really shows like how he's one of the greats and still with um uh uh, I mean, West brings up uh, Fablemans, where it's like the same thing, where he's like, he's gonna just make bolt his bullet after this, and like, mm. man, he just he just keeps going. Like, this could be the final statement, but but yeah, they just yeah, it's great. It's it great. never feels like a late style either. Like, yeah, he, he feels like a young filmmaker still with Pain and Glory. You know, he still has Seriously, that like, yeah, he still has that like visual, just like kinetic. You know, keep going. It's uh it's great this movie never feels boring or like out of touch it's it's no and it has Uh, it has my greatest fear which is fucking up the q a yeah that yeah i remember when uh babylon was um there was a screening of it like a advanced screening of in seattle and um damien chazelle was supposed to show up he was supposed to but he canceled last minute and I had like literally like the front row, like the third front row, like that's where I was sitting at, and I had like a question for him, and I was like, and then he was like, "Oh, he's not coming." Sorry, and I was like, I I was oh like God. relieved. I was like relieved because what if I like like throw up or die like in front of him? <laughs> you know, it's like that would that would be unfortunate. That would be unfortunate. That would be unfortunate. It's like like Q and A's. Like I've never been to one but like that scene of where he like doesn't show up his own q a because he's like too mm-hmm. high or like that's like one that's like my favorite scene in the movie honestly mm. hey pin, well, pin in that pin in that yeah we'll put a pin in uh, that but yeah. but I, it's so funny i've seen so many fucking con like like i've watched like you know people asking q a's at like a comic-con or whatever the fuck for panels and i'm just like oh boy these people don't know how to ask fucking questions it's just really it like sometimes it the secondhand embarrassment is unbelievable and i'm not even there i'm just watching Mm -hmm. it like being either like live or it's recorded and i just it must be even better um, that salvatore didn't attend it because they might have just just gone into like a deeper place if you had gotten like uh this is more of a comment than a question oh my god (laughs) i oh that made me so mad the, the classic one I think is pretty infamous at this point, but for those who do not know, um, JC Chandor was answering questions for his film Always Lost, um, with Robert Redford, just just him stranded on a boat, 2014 picture. Uh, and there one of the last questions that was asked, Hi, Mr. Chandor, I, I really loved your your film, is is quite powerful. Um, this one's for Mr. Redford. Do, do you believe that all really is lost? Uh-huh. 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 It sounds like I'm making that up, but it's real. I kind of respect that, though. I yeah. respect the balls. I respect, you know, I'm just a fucking joke. joke. I mean, if he was serious, that would, that would suck. I don't know if the person yeah. who asked him yeah. was serious or not, but I think that's that's a good bit. But I mean, there was yeah, like was so scary. much pain in my soul when you when you said it was real. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, and going back, I mean, you know, I, I feel like these last few episodes it kind of mark us when we're recording them uh but in in my babylon screening of course and i assume wes had this too uh 
just Diego Calva and Mario Robbie had a short video package saying, thank you for seeing this in a movie theater. This is the place where it was intended to be seen. Uh, we hope you enjoy the film. And they've sort of introduced it like this is the setting where it's meant to be like it's this this is the size of the screen this movie deserves. Um, it was myself, my friend, and like six other people. Um, you know, it's <laughs> oh, leaked, when you're like, yeah, you know, that's I, funny. And yeah, I and I know like... um that there was something else on Twitter I saw. Uh it was Damien Chazelle and um uh Toby Maguire who produced the movie they introduced the movie in LA and it was like dead <laughs> or like like yeah it's it's right Wes what did you think of that one I'm, I'm curious I'm curious what everyone thinks I, of this movie I'm, I apologize I haven't seen it no I yeah I do love this movie I I really really was sold on it like and you know everyone talks about like the ending and it's like well every Damien Chazelle movie is going to have like the ending that everybody talks about and you know, with Whiplash and La Land, it was like all universally positive, but it's like this one pissed everyone off. Right. And it's like, I can, I see what he was going for. You just have, you kind of have to like tune yourself to like his wavelength with this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't sold on First Man all that much. Oh, well, mm. the, this one uh, definitely felt like, oh yeah, he's back. right i love it there's no one better at really showing the rhythm of someone who's really good at their job or is Mm -hmm. trying to strive for perfection at their job in the scene that i hate to talk about movie that clay hasn't seen but it's like the the scene that really encapsulates this so well is look at me college right or hello college like it's it's the scene when they're first trying to transition in from sound into film and uh they're they can't get a take right and it's like the the rhythm of the editing and and just like everyone's mannerisms and the this movie is so fucking funny i've never seen him be this in tune with a sense of humor before but i think it really works um yeah, like that that scene is sort of like its own mini lesson in, in just like what he's trying to say about the entire uh, three hour mm-hmm. behemoth. It's a weird movie in the sense of, again, I haven't seen it, but it's just its <laughs> reputation. I had to explain to my mom that it bombed really badly and mm. she kind of couldn't believe it. Yeah. Even though she didn't see it. That's the thing. Yeah. It's like, well, of course it didn't bomb. I'm like, did you see it? Like, no, but it didn't right. bomb. I'm like, it made such little money and she's like why i think this it, the question started with why like why is it not in theaters anymore and i'm just like they it just fucking a wet fart of a opening weekend and it just never recovered and yeah. she kind of couldn't believe it and i'm like well you didn't see it so it's like one of those things where it's like yeah i know you can't believe it but guess what you didn't actually see the movie so it's like something led to that happening that wasn't yeah. you you weren't an independent thinker in that uh, i mean i didn't see the movie either, i see what, but you, like, I see what I, you mean yeah it's well, one of I, those things i guess there's like other new releases like um plane the me- like the menu and banshees that have the stock rising of being on hbo max and like an right. instant streamer once they leave theaters and this one is just sort of like 
I, I think it's just like sort of it's gone. Stag- it's stagnating. Yeah. Or, yeah, it's gone. Um, where it's like, I, I feel like it was just bad word of mouth. Like I had a bad first trailer. Sorry. Like the trailer just like, it was the same trailer and it played before like every movie, mm. every single movie. It's like most trailers. It was like, like overexposure. Yeah. yeah, it was overexposure. And like, like look at Avatar, you know, that, that trailer didn't play before every movie. Mm. It was not overexposed at all. And like everyone thought like that would, not everybody, but like a lot of people thought that they would, it would not make as much money as it has. Jimmy yeah. C, man. Never doubt Jimmy C. Um, Jimmy C. I of the show. Yeah. It's funny because it's like, I kind of, I mean, I, 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 I feel like it. everyone kind of knew it was going to bomb almost the moment like you saw an image from it, just in the sense of not because people automatically thought it was bad. I mean, the trailer did not sell a lot, um, but I think we it just felt like, well, this doesn't there's a reason this doesn't get made anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether you hate it or love it or like whether you hate that it's not like that stuff is it being made like but there's like reasons there's like yeah. actual like sustainable like you know reasons that make sense why this doesn't get made anymore so you see the budget and you see like how it's progressing you're just like no one's gonna see this um mm-hmm. but i don't think anyone really realized that it was gonna bomb this badly because it's yeah. it's a disaster um and i'm concerned though, less for what it means for giselle when i saw it and what it means for like other people getting that size of a of a budget and of a creation that we can't ju- i mean it's it's this blank check right the new aster like, movie i don't know like is that right. like but i know it's I guess, very different but it's in the sense of that to i see me what you is mean. like the next right. step of right like they're gonna do something i wonder and... if that's different in how like He's sort of like in the A24 stable, but I, I know what you mean, where it's like, it's also like his passion project. And uh, that doesn't seem cheap. That movie does not it seem does, cheap. No, it's not so it's, short either. Well, and, but I just like, also you're looking at him like, what's the audience for this? I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't know. No, you're right. Um, um, interesting box office fact, actually. Pain and Glory, the budget, 10 million. Box office, 38 million. Yeah, good for them. It's a very high grossing movie in Spain. Yeah. Um. Wes Musinski is here with us, Backford. Yes, hello. Joining the Three Chimers Club. Here's your robe and pipe. Uh, yes, it's good to be back. As the exiting logo on it. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, what we've been doing lately is a segment called What We've Been Watching Recently, where we talk about what we've been watching recently. That's yeah, it's an icebreaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's funny yeah. to explain it, but that's just a joke. No, I like it. No, um, I think it's fun. Yeah uh yeah but please anybody you'd like to start or is yours well i saw platoon for the first time like it'd be funny mm. if you said babylon again we just talked huh? about talking about babylon <laughs> oh we are talking about babylon or no, no no i said it'd be funny if you said babylon again oh god no as in like like <laughs> we just got yeah no about i yeah i yeah uh, i did see platoon for the first time which i it's just platoon is one of those movies where it's like always been in like my peripheral vision like right it's the movie that exists and it won best picture but it's like just something that i never got around to and i finally got around to it and it's pretty fucking good yeah honestly pretty it's, great it's pretty charged uh you know 
it cast and it has this energy that's that that it's it has it feels pretty like righteous and i don't know i i like that one a lot too i i feel like i feel like it just it it really feels like someone who has like a tangible grasp of what about like what that world looks like obviously and i just right. i just love that that cast it's like it just it's it feels so perfect for for what for like the image of what it's going for tom berender is like saturday morning cartoon villain level right. of evil yeah. in that movie but it works yeah honestly and the movie is like not subtle like the movie has like a narration that's like we were supposed to be fighting them but we were really fighting ourselves <laughs> and so, oh no oh, i don't know Oliver if holly stone, stone you doing? is uh you know the most restraint sometimes no but it's you don't <laughs> think so <laughs> sure positive 100%. i think what i am positive about is that charlie sheen and willem dafoe smoke weed out of a gun and that was pretty cool that was pretty awesome yeah. would not recommend it by the way just for any potential weed smokers out there uh don't think it's a good idea but hey i mean if you want to do you do you i'm not gonna stop you uh you know just that sounds like a recommend to me okay well i don't want to get sued my friend um, smokes weed out of watermelon. Like he like hollows out watermelon and then smokes it. I've smoked <laughs> it out of an a- apple before. I've done that. The classic. That well, that's what because that my cousin was just like he's a super stoner and he was just like okay, like we were on vacation, um, and he's like okay, I don't have a pipe, but here's this apple, and I'm like, where is this going? Because <laughs> it was I was pretty young. I was pretty young, and so I'm just like, I don't. What are you gonna do with this apple? <laughs> like, and obviously, he explained it. And I'm still yeah. like crazy. Um, I've seen pineapple be done before. Ooh, that's spiky. I don't want to yeah. hold that. It's too spiky. Okay. Um, but I do, Wes. I do know what you mean about like movies existing in your periphery. There is this one. There's just like movies that you feel like you kind of seen already, even though you haven't seen a s- single scene of it. It's like, yeah, right. Platoon. I mean, I've seen it. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I have it, but, you know, I've seen it. Like, I like you see the, you know, the famous shot at the end of him, like, reaching towards mm-hmm. the sky as he's shot in the back or whatever. Spoilers. Um, but it is one of those. Yeah, there's plenty of those movies for me, like Deer Hunter. Like, I haven't seen it, but I've seen it. Yeah. I know, like, I right. get it. Um, it's probably great. I just, it's always been in the periphery. Like, I've never yeah. been like, all right, let me yeah, sit so down and know, watch some Deer Hunter. Yeah, do you know, like, when you mentioned like him like reaching towards the sky as he's like dying and all that stuff the most shocking thing to me about that movie and about that shot i look at like how much time's left in the movie because i think i'm at the end there's like right there's 45 minutes left 45 minutes left yeah there's I, wow left. i forgot yeah. that yeah there's a it's lot been of a minute left yeah doesn't it end with adrian brody like you know like or no not adrian brody who's the dude that he runs or no, my, never mind. Don't worry about this. I'm I haven't seen it in a very long time. It's not Adrian Brody. He would be too young at this point. You know, you bring up the Deer Hunter, and that was me, but I didn't realize there was gonna be a second Russian roulette scene. I thought it was only like that, like the major that one. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be like the centerpiece of the film, and I was like, oh, okay, let's check in with the characters like another time. And now it's just like multiple, which is crazy. And oh, that Johnny was the Depp. F- that's who I'm yeah. thinking of. Oh, not, not my gosh, Brody. Yeah, Why did right. I think of Brody? That's weird. Yeah. Um, he was both... in like 
the thin the thin uh red line right that i yeah. think i got those two confused. Yeah, that's, that's true funny. yeah that's a good comparison um but that was the fun for me about seeing uh all the best picture winners uh this or last year um or yeah last last year right um where it's like i got to check off all those periphery movies um like like driving miss daisy yeah <laughs> we've all had the same joke yeah but um but then uh, i mean listen like a lot of them were i mean i i didn't rewatch and like platoon deer hunter like what were uh sh- my god um million dollar baby lord of the rings like those those actually were periphery movies but then like a lot of them were like not real and terrible right so it's it's right. really such a balance right mm-hmm. um so marty right you know, the the movie hey, that, that was good Cade. Citizen, uh, no Cade. no 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 um uh how green was my valley beats Citizen Kane. that one's also what the good. fuck did marty beat marty beat something that was on the waterfront uh, maybe no that one um man well fuck me <laughs> all right I can't remember what Marty Beach shoots. <laughs> Do you know uh, why I think uh, I know what Marty Marty's is? good though. I haven't seen it. I the quiz show. There's a whole bit in the quiz show, um, the John Turturro, Ralph Fiennes movie, where mm-hmm. Ralph is like, Marty, Marty, how did I get that wrong? I thought it was Marty. Like that was like <laughs> like he just said it a lot, and that's how I remember that. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Marty movie. I'm Have I talked about EO on here? I can't remember, but no, if I haven't talked about the pod, the the ass movie, <laughs> that was its tagline. You caught, mm, you stole it from me, no. but it's so so good. Everything you've heard about it and more, it's really just like a masterclass in like perspective and uh, our like significance of the world. I was a little bit reminded, and this is gonna sound like a weird comp of Marcel the Shell, um, but less Jenny Slate. <laughs> um more donkey more donkey yeah um it's this weird it's it's like i've heard robert rassan has something similar to this where it's like a biblical take on tracking an animal's progression from one place to the next and how human behavior will change from the animal going to the area um but this one is much more um i don't want to say experimental but it's just it's something where you you just don't know where it's gonna go and it and it feels like it really is telling a linear story and for the better because um as weird as it sounds you really do feel like you're getting into eo's head like (laughs) like the camera like goes to his pov and it will react when it needs to react and it's just so wonderfully shot um it's a Shrek prequel, right? That's, that's it is it's a, it Shrek, is a Shrek prequel. prequel yes, okay. Um, okay. I said less Jenny Street, but a lot more Eddie Murphy. Um, Donkey. That's that's what I get. That's what I got. Yeah. yeah. So I I haven't seen it. Um, aren't there Clearly. two Donkey movies? There's a uh, Burrow. Is Eos is Eo like inspired by? Uh, I'm no, I'm gonna like completely bastardize this pronunciation, but Al Hassard Balthazar. Yeah, that's the Burslan movie that I couldn't think of. Yes. Um, it's sort of in that vein of of following right. the donkey. Like, yeah, yes, thank you. Um and there's another Eo... movie. That I, I don't know about another I don't know about another one. Because like in the the Bresson movie, the Alhazard Balazar, like it's sort of like a Jesus like allegory. Yes. Is EO yes. similar to oh okay. I, uh 
I, I, I there's, I don't want to do anything. I think it's similar in how it's teaching others about how to treat living beings, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. say it's like a martyr in the okay. way that I know Althusar Brothersar is. Um, yeah, I don't want, I don't want to say too much, but it's everyone should see it. It's so good. Yeah, it's it's definitely on my like most anticipated yeah. list right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've not I have not seen the uh, Jackass movie. Um, both Jackass movies I haven't yeah. seen. Oh, um, maybe that's the other donkey movie that you're confusing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess Triangle of Sadness also has a donkey in it, and so does the Banshees of Ir- Inishirin. So Inishirin has a donkey, but I wouldn't. Th- does Triangle of Sadness? It's not like it's not the movie does not revolve around her. No, but she's a very important character. <laughs> yeah, I think that donkey is like fifth fifth build and Banshees. I hope it got SAG benefits. I'm just, that's all. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all. I'm yeah. Gonna say. Um, okay. Does, tri- is, think... does Triangle Sadness have a donkey? Is that what it's listed as? In an article by Vulture, it could very much be written by someone we know. <laughs> okay. No, it's not. But okay. Yeah. I don't know. Welcome to Sad Donkey Autumn. All right. There you go. <laughs> I'm just trying to rack my brain. Where's the donkey and try? So apparently Marty never beat anything of important. I had to Google that. I don't know why. I mean, on the waterfront was a year before. Yeah, quiz show, man. That's what I'm going to blame. Quiz show. I know it's the mid fifties, but I can't remember. Uh, Anyway, please. Yeah, yeah. I have seen (laughs) the fable. Uh, I think I've told Jack about this already. It is a Japanese uh, action comedy came out in 2019. I think it was mostly released on Netflix in like 2020. Um, The sequel is out. That was like a 2021 movie. Um, I think it's like the fable, a hitman who can't kill or whatever. Um, I haven't seen the sequel yet. I'm going to the fable. It's really good. Starts off really strong. Um, it's really funny the issue or not the issue but like sometimes when it's like you know comedic movies that are from like you know other cultures or whatever because comedy is like the hardest to translate Uh, I was a little worried I'm like is this going to be too like goofy for me and it's super goofy but it's actually really it's really good it's really well done Um, the main guy is so funny he has this like he's so like this like you know brooding hitman figure but it just you know he's like the straight man in a sense but he's played so straight that everything that happens it's it's really entertaining the action shot really well um especially the end in the beginning it has like this pop art that Mm -hmm. it has in the beginning where it's like these doodlings of how like he get like the trajectory of each bullet or whatever um it's you know it's it's a good amount of blood um like super reassured of itself and not afraid to be goofy while also bringing some really solid action um it's a bit too long i don't know why it's two hours uh good supporting cast uh i would highly recommend it if you're just looking to watch something fucking stupid and silly um do you have anything to compare it to or is it just standing on its own Um, in terms of tone well, there's, you know, there's, you know, plenty of action comedies. I mean, another Netflix movie, Um, it's a little different, but shares the same kind of, uh, oak, you know, it, it's uh, open to being goofy is uh, The Big Four, which came out on Netflix recently, the Timo film. 
uh, Indonesian action film. Um, it's definitely that same vibe of like being okay with like having gruesome fucking violence while also, you know, just being fucking goofy, like not taking itself seriously. Mm. Um, which action movies in America, like that's like almost non-existent besides like nobody or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, there's yeah. no, I, I guess I haven't seen the Santa David Harbor violent mm-hmm. night. I've heard some of my action, the action experts I follow on Twitter, Twitter. Um, some of them say it's pretty good. Some of them is mm-hmm. some other people just say it's like vanilla. Like it's just another uh, wick ripoff, but I don't know. The more action comedies that are allowed to be like as gruesome as they want. That's yeah. cool with me. Or also like, I think of the spy who dumped me, which is like, not very good at action or comedy like we'll get some mm, not we'll if you talk to richard to. brody richard oh, brody really? might have a different opinion on that one i forgot about that that's right no. oh man well is richard that was one of those... like does he defend that movie he says it was yeah. better than fallout mission impossible it was better fallout. than fallout yeah well agree to disagree <laughs> but you know yeah i mean <laughs> Brody Brody's great don't get me wrong but it's just one of those things when I read that I'm like okay Richard I get it all right you yeah you're you're Richard Brody and you're doing Richard Brody you're famous you know world-renowned you know yeah yeah. you and that build a book on June Lundkendard all right I think you lost your keys in that beard by the way I don't there's (laughs) there's something in there yeah I uh when you were describing that uh fable movie I was thinking wow this sounds like a funnier version of the night comes for us same director yeah right yeah yeah that's funny oh no 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 not the same director the big four is the same director no 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 um but yeah it's both on netflix um yeah no it, it it's 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 super like it's also very japanese it's very much like takes place in japan it has you know J- uh, japan's intricacies and quirks um, so that's another reason I was kind of worried. I'm like, is this going to be too? The co- and the comedy still translated, you think? Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Some yeah. of it, some of it is one of those things where I'm like, I understand this is funny, but I don't like. I'm not totally on. Like, I know what this is. I, I know this is something. I just don't totally get it. But most of it is super broad and just like great care. Like, it's just all the characters are drawn out really well. They all s- serve a specific tonal purpose. That's really fun. Um, and I think, yeah, the main guy in it is just so funny. He'll be so dry-witted, and then he'll just, like, kind of explode with, like, uh, uh, laughter randomly when he watches something stupid. Um, but, yeah, the whole point of him is, like, he's a psychopath, and he's just trying not to kill anyone for a year. And he's has to, like, he he's obsessed with becoming normal. And so he has to just, like, what would a normal person do in this moment? Oh, that's funny. Okay. <laughs> um yeah, it's it's really solid. It's super. It's so watchable. Like mm. it's light as fuck. Um, mm-hmm. Good. Uh, yeah, it's I'm, a dessert. <laughs> I'm gonna try. I'm probably gonna watch the sequel after we recorded this because I've I've been nice. really looking forward to it. Nice. Um, yeah, it's something less serious than I usually watch yeah. when it comes to action films. It's like yeah, it sounds it's it. Not, it's not like the villainous, which is like <laughs> so fucking dour and huh. whatever. Yeah. It's like. This is actually pretty solid. Yeah. Maybe we do another action month this year. Hey man, I'm always ready for that. That's like in my, you know, fucking yeah. I'm the gun, just pull the trigger. Exactly. I, you know. No, hearing you talk about it, it's like, oh man, yeah, we just got it. Maybe we need to make that happen or, you know, up in the air right now. But it did come out in 2019 in Japan. I don't know if it's like it's oh, one of those things where it's yeah, like, it's, I, what, it's a I, weird I forgot it's what the like US a, release date is. Yeah. 
it's another portrait of a lady on fire but um, both are on netflix this original yeah. and the sequel so excellent yeah. uh but for today we are wrapping up our best international feature oscar winners with pedro almodovar's pain and glory um clearly did not win the oscar but we're not we stupid are, we, we know it didn't win let's yes. make this clear <laughs> uh, but you know i think notable uh, you know, clearly Parasite did win the Oscar uh, and then, you know, Best Director and Best Picture, right? Wait, we Parasite? <laughs> um, this is this is an opportunity, and I think that I've been trying to bring this up or really have a conversation about it uh, throughout this entire miniseries, but Sony Classics, Sony Pictures Classics has won, like, the entire, like, pretty much, aside from, like, one or two, like, the entire uh, category this decade. And this one they lost. And it's like just goes to show like how well Neon put all their chips onto Parasite. Um, you know, I guess like looking at this category in this Oscar season, Wes and I were talking about it before we began, but Portrait of a Lady on Fire, notably not uh France's selection this year. We were theorizing that maybe Portrait would not be as an accessible uh entry as Les Mis was and ended up being that nor did Neon maybe have like the time to like energize it to to get in and compete against Parasite right so I guess like it's an interesting category and also Honeyland made it in which is a Neon film which interesting but um interesting category this year is all I'm trying to say um yeah Wes please start us off with uh, your first exposure and sort of like your history with Almodovar because this is the first time that we're covering him as a filmmaker so yeah. No ha sido un buen hijo, hijo mío. No. No. ¿Qué haces aquí? Tengo que hablar contigo. 32 años me ha costado reconciliarme con esta película. Si no escribes ni ruedas, ¿qué vas a hacer? Vivir, supongo. Cuidado conmigo, eh. Tú eres muy novelero. Estoy con Salvador Mayo. <risa> si tú ves algo raro, me llamas. Aquí todo es raro. ¿Nos conocemos? Sí. Me gustaría ser un hombre para bañarme en el río desnuda. ¿Y qué es? ¿Drama o comedia? No sé. Eso, eso no se sabe. A tu vera, siempre a la verita tuya, siempre a la verita tuya, hasta que de pena muera. Buen viaje. Muchas gracias por venir, de verdad. Pain and Glory, I had revisited this uh, last night. Still just as good as the first time I saw it. Um... It was just one of those experiences where it's devastating, funny, moving all at the same time. Um, but what's more interesting than me having watched it for the first time is like I went on like some kind of Amovadar obsession. Like I, after Pain and Glory, I watched The Skin I Live In, great movie. After The Skin I Live In, I watched Women on a Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. So I went on sort of like a, a 
director binge that I don't I don't do that very often. I don't like watch a director's film and then I just like binge watch all their work. Like I I don't do that. But for Almodovar, I did because Pain and Glory was such a like transformative experience. It's such a beautiful film and it just it deserves all the praise it gets. It hmm. and I, I lied before I lied before the Q and A sequence isn't my favorite scene. It's the scene with um, Federico. Mm. Oh. they're just they're reconnecting and there's just yeah. there's so much there's so much history in that one scene it's you don't feel like you're seeing them for the first time it's like you soak in all that history between them and it's oh god i love it it's it looks so like good. i might have to choose another scene now <laughs> yeah it's the whole yeah. movie <laughs> yeah seriously is this still uh, your favorite that... almodovar um when i think about it I think it might be a tie between like this and women on the verge of a nervous breakdown. Mm-hmm. I still need to see uh, Parallel Mothers, um, Volver, and Bad Education. Yeah, <laughs> all Parallel of them. Mothers. So good. One. All three of those are exquisite. Yeah. Um, What's the Cameron Diaz movie called? Is it also Bad Education? Bad Teacher. Bad teacher? Bad teacher. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> what's wait? Is what's uh, the Hugh Jackman movie? Is that bad, bad education? education? <laughs> oh, okay. Not confusing in the slightest. I promise. Um, just the same title. Um, but yeah, I, 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 and has that happened since uh, uh, Pain and Glory that you've seen one film from a filmmaker and you're like, I gotta investigate their work? Oh, interesting. It was actually um, Bella Tarr since then that that's happened to me with. Okay, yeah. But, you know, he made Satan Tango. Satan Tango, you know, right. That's quite an undertaking. Yeah, I saw that in the yeah. theater, by the way. Oh, wow. So, How cool. Um, and after that, I watched Damnation. Um, I'm trying to watch his other... Oh, The Turn Horse as well. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to watch his other film, but it's one where i don't know how to like really pronounce it is it something harmonies is it workmeister Har- harmonies yeah but I anyway so yeah yeah anyway um yeah. yeah so you have to really impress me with like yeah. <laughs> your first movie in order for me to like put all of my other like planned movies aside and go I'm just gonna keep watching. Yeah, just gonna, like, keep, keep it rolling. Yeah, you have to make Santiago to to really like get you. Yeah. Um. That, <laughs> I've I've done that. I think I've done that a ton. Like, it's hard for me to completely remember. Um, because there are other times. Like, it won't be like it'll sometimes be a director I already like, and I've seen maybe a few of their movies, and I'll just feel like okay, let me just finish. Like Carpenter, I did that with. I've already seen like mm-hmm. I already saw a decent amount of his films, and then I just decided to watch more of them. Um, but the one that comes to mind, the two that come to mind, is Johnny Toe. Um, I think uh, two years ago, um, I forget what was my first one that I watched from him. I think it was The Mission. And then I like started watch. I watched the election, and then um, exiled, and then PTA, and uh, or no uh, PTU. Oh, fuck, I forget it. Um, and the one that came clearly to mind, which I guess wasn't my first movie that I saw of him, but when I'm just like, so it was um, uh, Tony Scott 
when I watched mm. Crimson Tide. Yeah. And I'm like, holy fuck. Uh, I, holy shit. Uh, let me just watch all of his things. Um, I still haven't seen all of this stuff. I've never followed through on a director. Like I've maybe like the only directors I've seen their entire filmography of is usually ones that like just started or the ones that, you know, it's like they've already have four films or, or like they're really short. Like, right. Like it's Peel and Chazelle and, and like, you know, the, oh, I guess not Chazelle because I fucking haven't seen Babylon. But, you know, like those directors, like, mm-hmm. uh, um, but even actually not even it's very rare for me to do that. Um, but yeah, that's. That is power. It does really have to be it's powerful a commitment. for you to sure. be like, yeah. fuck. Because like sometimes like people will pre-plan it. Like, I'll just watch a film. Like, like, you know, when I was following, you know, Blank Check, I was like, okay, they're doing this. Let me just watch whatever they're like, you know, follow, follow along. But for it to just be completely unplanned. Yeah, that movie has to give you an impact. And it has to yeah, like, for sure. Fucking, yeah. Where you're just like, you can't like, think really- of watching anything else. Like, it was really hard. It was really hard to not watch like the Tony Scott film after that. Like, I just mm-hmm. had to watch all of them yeah um right oh that that unprompted like sort of like head over heels aha moment was me with mike lee and i think i talked about that on another year episode but just i i don't i don't know something like clicked together with what he was trying to like teach teach us about like human very so much to tony scott (laughs) exactly um both british i guess um but it's one of those things that yeah no you're still you're totally right that you sort of need an idea of of like one person having like a movie that you've seen uh and then like you see like a second and a third it's like okay wait i do like you but it's a more of a rarity than to like for you to like really really impress uh on the first time uh which is which is why blank check is so helpful for me because i've like um, followed along with them since like 2018 i think uh and it's like gotten me to complete so many more directors that i wouldn't otherwise and it's and it's i mean for, for me it's fulfilling but sure it's like also a commitment and i hate some of the movies i've seen for them um i have seen but, my, all of michael mann's films by the way i do want to point that out nice all of them good um yeah but also uh the idea that we talk about with uh having a, a movie under that we've that we've seen and then going to playing in glory that was it that was it for me that i i had seen uh, uh the skin i live in i thought that was that was like so interesting and i hadn't seen anything like like composed like that um it was a psychological thriller that was like so much more than than what it's initially set up to be and then it slowly reveals itself i thought Banderas was great in that um and then i saw this um a year or two after that and it just was completely floored i actually i like roma i saw it at the screening room uh little little theater in massachusetts that's just like one screen and it's like you know several mm. rows and you know it's just like i saw it with with uh you know selection of, of uh, elderly people around me just <laughs> coming in to to see you know uh the new spanish film that's that's playing and is it was just like wow it's it, it just it yeah completely floored me and uh then i i also like west like went on this one of our binge like whatever was streaming like um i also loved whatever i saw like you know all about my mother and 
high heels, uh, education, Volver. Um, and I'll, I'll just say Parallel Mothers is great. Um, and I was going to say, like, I think this film is just like, it's so, I mean, we kind of set up front, like, about how it's a fine, it could, you could really read this as, as a swung song, but it's really like a perfect gateway. Um, that it, he, he's talking about so many things that he's tried to illustrate throughout the years and then is sort of like intertwined with, with his childhood and his uh, career as, a, as an artist and how those two relate. And it's just the complete package. Right. You think it's, you think it's a swan song, much like um, the Irishman and the, even the Fablemans, but like that final shot where he's continuing his like work as a director, I think that's like also a mode of ours saying like, I'm never going to stop, <laughs> you know, it's probably the best ending of 2019 is. Oh, it's up there. It's, if it's, it's certainly up there. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I I haven't seen any of other of Almodovar's work because it was kind of the opposite to you, Wes, where it's like I watched it and I was when I watched Pangory for the first time, which was I forget when it was definitely like either it was Oscar right? season 2019. Yeah, um, 2019, I think, is the year that I, I saw the most movies because we talked about this in Roma. It's like you said this about 2018. Right. Yeah. So I saw it in January 21st of 2020. Um, so yeah, I watched it and I was so, I was like crushed by it um, that I wouldn't, like I didn't really want to watch any of his other stuff because I know it would have been emotionally like pretty, I, I just didn't like, you know, I just wasn't really ready to, experience some of that stuff again so i i just i don't know i know it's one of those things where it's sometimes hard for me to be like okay i needed to feel something right now um so that was that was why i i still have not seen a single amadovar movie besides this one um which is shitty i know but like ah, i don't know it's hard for me to be like let me just put on some pedro almodovar let me just sit back and relax um yeah there are directors where like i i really like make a commitment in my head like oh i'm gonna or i'm gonna finally like sit down and like watch one of your movies for the first time and then it never happens mm. yeah and it's interesting you point out you said you saw it january 21st 2020 i saw it january 15th of 2020 oh. hmm. when was my day we're getting so specific when was my date I didn't, I knew it was about heroin. I knew it was semi-autobiographical, that kind of thing. Um, I did not know it was going to be so much about chronic pain. Um, it's a, a subject, it's a subject in Hollywood and in film in general, television, whatever you want to fucking say. Um, it's not a topic that's talk, talked or depicted a lot. Um, and I, 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 it's for, for mostly good reasons because it's not the most uncinematic, uh, or it's not the most cinematic, no, cinematic, of, right, 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 of, mm-hmm. um, of, uh, I don't want to say illness, but of, um, or disorder, disability. It's not the most, it's not the most, um, cinematic disability. Uh, how but, many ways do you visualize that aside right. from 
when it's not the focus. Yeah. And it's something that also, you know, not a ton. I mean, a decent amount of people do are afflicted with it, um, but it's not like the most, it's not super common. Um, and I wasn't super prepared for that. Um, I, 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 we've recorded what, uh, how many episodes are we on now? 200? 170 some one 170 something so i've recorded you know like 150 of these episodes so i I don't totally know how much i've talked about like my background with my health issues um but for from the ages of 13 uh to 19 um i suffered from chronic migraines um yeah, like the worst years of my life uh, was something was definitely during that uh, period, um, you know, like going to and trying to do high school and stuff. So and I only had the migraines. I mean, I had, you know, like some mental issues, too, you know, anxiety, depression, the, the works, the the full platter. Um, but so it's not a one for one comparison between Almodovar or I, I don't know exactly how autobiographical this is i'm not going to pretend to know but the character he considers it auto fiction where it's like there's some elements of truth in there realism but Mm -hmm. i'm not so i i I don't i i didn't have an i don't didn't have an experience like salvador had um but it's something i feel like anyone who with chronic pain uh, whether it's like nerve damage um, I've met so many different people with so many different kind of chronic pains in their life, whether it's, you know, like you know, their spine, their legs, their arms, um, you know, internal nerve damage, uh, just real fucked up shit. Um, but anyone who has suffered through chronic pain watching this will, it, it is, <laughs> I don't talk about what movies represent me. You know, I, I, I don't. I, there's not like a ton of like I don't have a lot of like representation besides like daddy mm-hmm. issues in movies, um, and and that's I'm not complaining about that. That's just fine. That's space dads, not, right? Exactly, space dads love them. Sad space dads. <laughs> um, so seeing this was super powerful to me, especially when he like starts talking about migraines and the pain and how it's crippling and and how it just zaps you of life. Um, it literally takes joy from you it steals it uh it's like a fucking suction cup or like you know a a drain it just attaches to your body and drains joy and life out of you um thankfully i've never done heroin uh i probably would have liked it um at that time for sure um but you know i had other shit i over eight, I you know I I did I you know I wallowed in my sadness. Listen, you know I I, I didn't I my it was socially inert. Um, I was in pure isolation. Uh, definitely like experiences that I I have moved past from. Uh, and I don't want this whole episode about me just talking about this stuff, but it was, but but to properly describe my first experience with it i just have to like kind of 
try to fully explain how how much this hit me like a ton of bricks um it's something that i wasn't prepared for um this was also in 2020 this is so my migraines started going away um so i graduated uh or once i got my ged and i started going to college so that was 2019 this came out in january of 2020 or i saw it in january of 2020 so it was like fresh off me feeling like I've finally maybe have moved on from my life, moved on with my life. I've been able to like move forward and move past the pain. So watching it at that point was, yeah, it was, it was heartbreaking, um, inspiring for sure. Um, but it was, it was just, it did hit me at the, perfect moment for to get like a super emotional response out of me um watching it this time rewatching it before right before we started recording it it was funny i didn't cry and i really i like so i almost sobbed the first time i saw it i didn't cry this time um i almost found it reassuring in a fucked up way like it was almost soothing um because of just i don't know it feels it now feels like a distant memory, thank God, that that pain. You know, it's three years after I've seen this. This, um, It's almost... Almost to the day. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was going to say, two, two days, yeah. two days yeah. in the yeah. future, it's going to be to the day. Um, recording well, I guess when this is released, not, not right, really. Right, you know, right. Just, yeah. um, so it's, it's it was a real interesting experience. I still love it. I still hold it in high regard my opinion hasn't necessarily changed um but it was something that i you know i started taking more interest in other elements of the film you know and more of more of like his past and his history because we don't share a common history not really um it was just that affliction that really kind of you know blew me away um, that depiction of it and that loneliness and isolation and that desperation of just wanting the pain to go away and it, it like, yeah it, it it's really was yeah it did blow me away when I first saw it yeah there was that scene where the uh the actor who hasn't seen in 30 years he comes over to um Bendera's house and he asks why, like, why is the house dark? And he's like, because of my migraines, you know, I can't. Right. Like, my head feels better in the dark, you know? Yeah, it's, and that's, and that's, like, that was just my life. It was just living in that darkness for a long time. Um, But I, you know, I, I moved past it and I got better. But it is that thing that it's, you know, I always described it as a whole. You know, you're, I was in this hole of an existence and I you know, eventually dug myself out of it. But it does. It just feels like you're in a pit um, where there's no light. There's no there's no one you can, like, really hang out with. It's just pure isolation. Um, so that kind of. Yeah. And it like I wasn't like crying all the time. I mean, I was crying for sure, but it wasn't like I wasn't super like i just was there i was existing i didn't even i wasn't like i was sad but in a way that was like super apathetic i just was there 
And so mm-hmm. seeing him in that scene where like he's just on that couch, just like like not even really alive. He's like kind of dead. Um, and that's what it feels like. And so just those moments, I mean, are just, yeah, they're really powerful for me. Um, and I knew like at, when we started this podcast, I mean, I guess this, we started the podcast before this came out, but when, because yeah. we've been throwing the idea about recording or doing an episode about this movie for a little while now. And I knew when we, when we were going to, I was going to talk about this. I was prepared to, I don't hide anything. I'm not, I don't, this isn't like, this is personal, but it's not something I like hold back. Someone asked me about it. I've talked about it on Twitter like once or twice, but like it's, so it's a part of my life. It's a part of who You're I am. You're very quiet on Twitter. That's surprising. Right. Exactly. It's, uh, if it's yeah. not about wizards, you know, I don't know. It's not, if it's not about, you know, the Washington wizards and uh, Denny, Optio, <laughs> I don't know. I don't have anything else to say, um, but it is one of those things. I was prepared to talk about this. Um, I just knew it was coming um, because this movie is like a piece of me in a way um, when it comes to what I see myself in like film. Um, and like 2019 is a big year for that. I connected in a very similar way to Ad Astra. Um, and those are just like movies that speak to me in a very specific way. Um, that So yeah, 2019 was maybe my favorite year of the decade when it came to the movies. Um, mm. I just... It was super powerful for me in a lot of different ways. Um, so yeah, that's that's so to just kind of get that out there. And I don't think I'm going to talk about it too much more in this episode because I feel like I've said what I needed to yeah. say. But it thanks is for being that, on, open. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah awesome. I just that's awesome. But it is yeah. that that that's what the movie is to me. And, yeah, exactly. And, so, and I know yeah. people have had different, you know, like have different connections to it. This and episode would feel incomplete if you didn't. Right, it would be weird or right. vulnerable. Yeah. Um, oh, and it's such a remarkable piece of work, right? Because that is like the sixth most important and mm-hmm. devastating part of the movie. It's true. Which is like, it's, it's true. It's incredible. It's, um, it's super personal. And that's what makes yeah. it like really beautiful. Yeah. Um, Omidover handed this script to uh, Venteris and saying, you're going to read about a lot of people that we know. And it was this idea of like Tony Banderas didn't realize that he was going to be playing Obadovar, but rather he just sort of accepted it and realized it as he was reading the scripts. And I think that's such an interesting way to approach this, where it's like he didn't straight up say, like, I want you to play me. We haven't worked together since the skin I live in, um, notably like at the beginning of the decade, but and then this one comes at the end. And um Rather, I can't think of anyone else who can um, uh, just sort of absorb my my myself that and and have you and I, I think Venteris makes it clear that he didn't even know he could he could play Almodovar to to this extent where it's like yeah and I mean you you talk about the the pain that is so internalized because this performance is is so quiet like I just it's like the way that he moves is just so incredible. Like getting at, in and out of cars, you feel like each step could be the last. And um, like when he goes to pick something up from the ground and like putting a pillow to cushion the kneel, it feels like, yes, Banderas was approaching 60 at the time and um, also recovering from a heart attack, which I had to relearn when I was researching this. It was just remarkable to to think about like this this sort of, um, 
mobility as as the character it doesn't feel stricken to one age but rather it's it's sort of like a lifelong of of isolation yeah when you mentioned like the that shot of him like kneeling on the pillow was like uh it's so well done mm-hmm. also i didn't because like you mentioned that he was recovering from a heart attack i didn't know that yeah and it's surprising because like that role you know he's playing basically Elmovidar, but it's a very physical role mm-hmm. like there's that scene in the kitchen with his actor friend and he's like coughing like it's not just like normal coughing it's like he's coughing up his like intestines and it's like right right he's like he's like staggering and it's so convincing like you like we're put in that position of his friend where it's like he's rushing to find water he's rushing to help him and it's it's so convincing the way he just like collapses in that moment yeah and it's he just sort of plays out like there's no real like momentum for tension or anything it just it just sort of happens um yeah it's 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 very it's very patient with its editing which yeah i admire so much Exactly. I mean, in the movie, I think people, you know, you see moments of like, oh, you should go out more. Like, why don't you go out more? And it's one of those things if like you're not dealing with chronic pain, even and doctors have told told me that, too. And that's what a doctor tells. Oh, you should write. You should do this. And, you know, people, very well-meaning people will tell you that and will constantly say, "Okay, well, you need to keep your mind off of it. And in concept beautiful great perfect but in reality that's just not the case you're constantly reminded about that that's your existence at some point and the i and you know for a fact you know for a fact you want to be doing more and he says about it like i think about it every day i would like nothing more but how the fuck am i going to do that um and those moments of so like and you're also aware of how people see you and how you make others feel so when he's coughing like that, you see the friend just like completely losing. He's like, oh, my God, I was so scared. And he like takes a shot. Like, it's like he almost just choked to death. He was so shaken by it. And mm-hmm. that's the thing. You affect the others around you. They worry about you. They constantly just ask if you're OK. And they and and it's fine. It just it's one of those things where it's like you don't want to be that for people you don't want to be like the black sheep where you're just like okay are you are you okay is everything okay um it's a it's kind of it's you know it's almost a condescending experience but you know and you know i'm not saying i do the same thing everyone does the same thing everyone wants to know if you're okay because they care about you um but yeah those moments of him just being zapped of passion and people constantly like well you should do something you should go to this. You should go to that. And it's all in mm-hmm. everyone. Yeah, I, I was told that so often. And I'm not saying, you know, they were wrong, but it's it, it does the way you tell someone that it, it, they make it sound so easy. And it's not. And I, and he says that, like, just like I, I have been sitting in a cedar, like a, a theater chair would fucking kill me. I would have to get out a leave in the middle. It's like, that's what do you expect me to do? um it's really yeah those are the those are the moments for me that it's like it 
it feels really so authentic and true and personal and vulnerable that it's just really hard not to be captured by this movie. And you, you know, you all the other stuff too. So it, it, it's really, it's an incredible, incredible piece of work. And also it's so vulnerable that you're almost like, should I be watching this? Like, this is like right. really like, this is, he's putting his fucking heart out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, Banderas is so good in it and he allows you and he allows you to feel really comfortable in a way like like to, like like I said this watch it was kind of soothing he's mm. like he has a very soothing presence when like and his voice is incredible but his his he should get into voice acting I know that would be great um <laughs> it it feels yeah it, it all feels super you know it almost feels spiritual in a way yeah at least at this time when I watched it it's so funny because it's like it's so it doesn't i mean you know like we say it it rides the line of becoming autobiography but it's really auto fiction that he takes elements from his real life and then infuses them with um with actual with with new story um it never feels like a movie that's just for pedro it's just it feels so universal and lived in even though it's a very specific experience, which is interesting. Yeah. yeah. Pedro never did heroin, though. I don't believe so. Um, yeah, but I, he, I, didn't, I don't did. know what specifically isn't is in him, um, but I just I just know that it's like so I, maybe some elements are just emphasized and maybe it's just like all of it is true or something like that. Yeah, I, the, uh, the relationship yeah. stuff feels the most real. Like that feels like there's so much pain in that, so much sorrow, so much regret mm-hmm. that I just I have a hard time not believing that there's something to that. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh no, I, I actually do have written down that Omodara never did heroin, and um, yeah, I assured everyone that that was sort of take inspiration from in the movie. That I mean, it was if like he did yeah, heroin. Is, I mean, that's fine. That'd be pretty rad, honestly. What a square. <laughs> uh you know it, it's I, I found a few things that were interesting in tony bandera's talking about um this movie um two things that actually he was told prior to to this film one was when elmadovar asked you know they collaborated again for skin i live in right mm-hmm. it was the first time in several years um and he's like you know pedro i i uh i i've learned so many more acting techniques through american films i've i've gotten better would you like me to, to translate that into into this spanish film and he's he's like no i i <laughs> I, I i want a specifically calibrated performance from you um and then he asks like who are you and he's really taken aback where it's like a friend asks you who you are as, as a performer and as, as a person. Uh, Clay texts me that every day, but I, I still don't have an answer. Um, I, still, I don't, I don't uh, know no. it's you. I'm like, you don't, you don't. Whose number no, is this have, on my fucking phone? You have me blocked for some reason. Absolutely. Um, but it's one of those things. Then he is asked um, when he, when he suffers a heart attack um, and he's rehabilitating from it, from that in the hospital and a, and a, and a nurse asks Banderas, do you believe in pop culture? And he sort of takes a minute. He's like, "Do I? 
what is this? I, I'm sort of involved in pop culture. What's, what does this mean? <laughs> and um, I, don't, I don't know. I, f- I found that those two moments that, he, you know, like when, a, when an actor does press for a film that's that's in the awards circuit, it's like they tend to say the same things many times. But but I think those two really stood out as like, I think that he's that he inserted a lot um, into this performance that really held his own as not being an Almodovar imitation. Um, and yes, of course, like it's obvious to, you know, like the outfits and the, the hair, right? Like it's, it's, it's clear that there, that there's some, that the, the person that's actually making the film is, is the one that's being made about, but, um, it really just doesn't feel like a complete caricature. Um, when someone asked me why I just yeah. said, I said, it's, it's very quiet. It's a, it's a character study of someone I've never met. But I felt like, and I've never experienced most of the things in the film, but yet I somehow felt it. I somehow felt it relate to my life. And that's correct. And, you know, I think the reason that you experience the movie like that is because uh, we all have trouble through life with a backpack filled with uh, greatnesses and miseries with pain and glory even if it's not the same story that you see on the screen you can you look back in your life everybody has to ask for forgiveness about something everybody has to come to terms everybody has to reconciliate with somebody everybody has to close the circles that were left open anybody relate to that it is funny though given that it's so universal that i know that in at con when you were asked about how to do this film you said you had to kill Antonio Banderas in order to do this film. What did you mean by that? Metaphorically. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. I hope that's not why you're wearing the well, glasses. <laughs> you, <laughs> no, you know what happened is that uh, you um, you have an, an image that, that is in the mind of people and uh, uh, for certain characters that you have created and um, Hollywood has a tendency to label, you know, actors and so I've been playing a number of characters for a number of years like what like what, what did you think you were you labeled know, as heroic characters like Zorro and Desperado and 13th Warrior yeah. characters like that you know with a kind of you know physicality uh, add to it uh, uh, romantic characters and, and and this was a completely different turn for me uh, and it comes also in the perfect moment of my life uh, to, to get a character like this, uh, and it has to do with your personal life. We actors, we 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 are, uh, we, you know, the food for us is our personal life, our artistic food. That's what we use. The, our own experiences. You can just add those experiences to the characters that you are doing. Well, what's what's the change in your life that makes this the perfect time? I had a heart attack two and a half years ago. Oh, I'm so sorry. And no, don't be, because it's one of the best things that ever happened to me. It just uh, it was an opening eye experience for me to understand me better and to relate with the, the universe in which I was living, to understand me, myself. And, um, and uh, you know, after that experience, all the important things were coming up very clearly to me. And those things that I thought they were important but they were not practically disappeared. And so family, my daughter, my, my friends, and my vocation, not my professional life, but my vocation of being an actor and telling stories to people and sharing stories with people and reflect about life and laugh about it or get emotional with it became very important. And suddenly the movie came to me at that particular moment. You know, the, 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 
changes in, in a very weird way. The night that I, uh, I had a heart attack in the morning, but in the afternoon, evening, they implanted on me uh, three stains in my coronary arteries. Yeah. And so I had to be that night at the hospital on observation, and there was this woman that came. It was an, an older nurse that came, and she, she made the most unusual question to me. What's that? She said to me, uh, so um, do you believe in popular culture? Do you believe in popular culture? That's what she said. And I said, uh, yeah, why? What? And she said, why do you think people say I love you with all of my heart? And they don't say I love you with all of my brain. And I said, well, I don't know. You're going to explain it to me, right? <laughs> <laughs> she said, she said suddenly, uh, well, because, you know, this is an organ that is, you know, send oxygen to your whole body. But it's a warehouse of feelings. Yeah. And how many people believe that? The doctors don't believe that and stuff like that. But you will because you're going to get really sad now. For two or three months, you're going to be sad. And I, and I remember asking her, well, you, I'm going to be depressed. And he says, no, depressed, no. Depressed is a medical condition. No, you're going to be sad. But, but after that, you're going to come stronger. Was she right? And, yeah. You were a little sad for a while. But you know... And it's interesting, Pedro detected that. When I this started rehearsal with him, yep. he knew he says, there is something different in you. I don't know how to describe it, but it's something different in you since you had this uh, uh, cardiac event. I want you to use that in the movie. I want that in the character. He said channel it. Yeah, in a way, yes. You can do. And, uh, and you can channel all of this into a character. So I, Because I knew exactly what he was talking about. It was funny. You had to channel it into, and I want, I want to make sure I'm being a bit loose here, you had to channel it into him. Yeah. I mean, the, the film, your character, is based on him. Yeah. It's him. <laughs> the, the director of the film you're, and your longtime friend. When did you first realize that this film was, was based on Pedro? When I read the script, obviously. Did he mm. tell you or did you just pick it up? No. It, I mean, when he called me before he sent me the script, he said something like, uh, Antonio, you're going to find out that, you know, what I am, the material that I send you, you know, is filled with references um, of things that you know. We have lived uh, th those experiences together in, in another years. And so it's about the 80s. Says, well, yeah, we are bouncing back between the 80s and now and, um, and, and even back uh, further to the 60s yeah. in my personal life and stuff like that. But uh, just read it and, and let me know. And I found something that was very minimalist, very simple. But at the same time, uh, that potential uh, of uh, emotional potential that was there was very, very, very strong. Um, so at the beginning, I, my reaction was a reaction of happiness because my friend and the director that I actually adored um, trusted me to play him. Um, that's, then, the, that's the deepest trust you can give somebody, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. But at least in this profession. Yeah, there has to be. But then the second reaction was panic because it was like, oh my God, you know, I mean, uh, am I going to be able to just pull it off? Uh, I am playing the guy who is directing me. And so that's weird. <laughs> it's just weird enough to just play characters that are alive. Yeah. And, and you know, and I did it. I played Picasso, and show, and, and, and I played during my career several ones. But no, they were not directing me. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, but at the same time, you know, something very interesting happened with this particular movie, also that I um, I could use, and is that the fact that I, in a way I, I started creating this character not knowing about this nine years ago, and why is that? 
because when I did the skin I live in, it, it, that was after 22 years that I didn't work with Pedro Almodóvar. And so I came to Pedro in the first uh, days of rehearsals because Pedro loved to rehearse almost at least a month before principal photography. Right, this is the last Pedro film you did. No, the, 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 before this one. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. called The Skin I Live In. Yeah. So I, I, it was after 22 years that we didn't work together. So I came to him in those rehearsals saying, hey, look the things that I have learned in America. You know, I, I'm a different actor now. Mm. I have all these new tools. And, say, and he says, okay, okay. So we... Let's start rehearsing. So after a week rehearsing, he said to me, "Ah, man, I don't, I, I don't, I cannot use all those tools that you are bringing from America. They may be very useful for your American directors and your American movie, but not for me. Where are you?" And it was like shocking, you know, like, "Oh, man!" So uh, I, instead of just uh, get out of my horse <laughs> mm-hmm. and listen, I confronted him in a way. So the, the shooting was kind of tense, you know. I mean, he's my friend. He was always creative. But yeah. he was, you know, I had my ideas. He got his ideas. I was trying to impose my ideas. You know, it was a little bit like that. Yeah. But then here in Toronto, yeah, uh, it's the first time I saw the film. This film? Came no, the, the, the skin I lived Oh, okay, in. right, yeah. I saw it here. Yeah. And I, and, I, and I was watching the movie, and I said, oh, my God. This guy got, you know, the ability to just bring out of me a character that I didn't even know I had inside. Mm. So it opens a reflection about, you know, my relationship with him mm-hmm. and my relationship with movies and with directors. And so I, th- I, said, I said to myself, I have to trust more. I have to be more confident with my, my director. So when he called me for this movie, yeah. I took all of those medals, all of those tools that I was using away, and I presented myself in front of him like a, like a plain soldier. I love the suits. Love the suits. Yeah, the suit. Oh, it's incredible. Oh, the suit's um, so good. He just, he just, he's aged so well. Like, he just looks great. Like, even at 60, he just looks um, fantastic. I forgot that we've covered Tony Banderas before. You played in Annette Benning's husband in <laughs> Ruby Sparks. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, that's and right. He's the, super uh, sexy the in metal, that. metal wielder. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway. <laughs> Yeah, he's like shirtless at some point when yeah, he's like yeah. metal wielding. He's yeah, he's yeah. great. Um, I, yeah, I, I talk about the costumes. I mean, everyone is so well dressed and also fits perfectly. I mean, the turtleneck he wears is—it's like he's protecting, like of you know, like he's going, he's like lending his ha- hand out to like a doctor, and he's like protecting, like it's like almost like he's protecting his vulnerability. You know, he's like having like it's like one of those things where, um scientists discovered that the reason why people do this when they're like scared or like threatened is because they're trying to protect you're trying to protect your neck that's one of the big reasons mm-hmm. same thing with crossing or like you know crossing your arms you're trying to protect your like intestines in a way um so like the idea of having that like having so much of his neck covered is almost like he's coming to a doctor a doctor that you know like he, he's tired of doctors he doesn't want to see them anymore which i can relate to um and he's he's be- he, and he's being very vulnerable telling them telling the doctor everything i you know do heroin i do this i do that um so it, it so the one like the costumes have like real story connections but two they just look fucking awesome yeah same with the apartments too where it's like they have such life but they really do represent um uh salvador as as a person and as a 
as a creative. Um, I, I heard Omidovar talk about the heroine and it's something interesting about someone of this age uh, recreationally taking taking the drugs that you do know have serious health consequences. Uh, and it's just at, the, at that age, you're so much more aware of your mortality. And it's just like, you're not ready to to start to damage your body, but it's more just the awareness I, I think is, is, is very much present with, within Salvador. And, and it's just, you want to be sort of taken on something, something new, I guess, um, where it's just not, I think it's just different at that age. And I didn't think about it like that. Right. The, the way everything is like staged and set up and like the apartments and the, the prominence of like red, Mm. it's like the color red just like pops in this movie it's so noticeable like every single time gorgeous poster huh the the film's gorgeous poster oh yeah yeah that too so it's like like everything in the production like in the design yeah i mean like federico's red suit is just gorgeous um and, it, you know, it's one of those things where he looks so, like, good and pristine that it's hard to, like, it's one of those things, like, hard to imagine he was ever, like, you know, not to be super judgmental or whatever, but it's hard to imagine he was, like, a heroin addict when he just looks like this very prim and proper, you know, handsome, like, mm-hmm. red suit wearing dude. Um, so, yeah, those those little touches really... And the mo- and also, you know, like Red stands out and, you know, you see him and you know he's like an important character just by how he's dressed and mm. the way he looks and the way he stands out in that crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's just like a really, just really smart choices and aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. The way, the way that yes. Salvador reacts when uh, Federico calls him, not even looking at him, but just the phone call and like the sight of of that presence um yeah because it's it's like so much of the film is about closing those doors that are still left open uh in your life and and that one is is one that's clear and of course like salvador's uh sexuality and the uh his health and these uh the filmmaking process and yeah it, it's I think it's just about like the process of closing those loops and, and what one person's um, what they're, and it's, it doesn't feel like it's quite like the end of someone's life, but the stage in someone's life when they're reaching the end, because he's not like Mm -hmm. old, right. He's like getting old or something, you know, but. Right. He's not like, he's not decrepit. He's not. Yes. He's he went to the Tom Cruise school of aging, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, because I I I mean, like we kid, I think Banderas and Cruise are actually kind of similar in age. Uh, you know, I, I, and I'm referencing a film that's covered in this miniseries. You know, uh, not uh, Jean Louis Trignant in uh, uh, Amour, right? Like that is old. That's old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Salvador is not there yet, and. and it's interesting to see these things intertwine, but rather he's so aware of his place in um, this community and in the relationships. Um, yeah. I mean, another handsome middle-aged, uh, you know, gruff 
Loki-Loki-Loki-Loki-Loki-Loki-Loki-Loki-Loki-Loki-Loki-Loki-Loki-Loki-Loki-Loki-Loki-Loki-Loki-Loki-Loki-Loki-Loki-Loki-Loki-
You said Irishman guy is like all crowded best supporting. Yes. Yeah, I don't remember De Niro getting in. He no, De Niro's there. famously snubbed. Yeah. Okay, because Robert De Niro was gonna be my guess. Um, I can give you best supporting if that helps. Is it like, crazy? No. Is it crazy we don't know this, Jack? Or is this like kind of? But I think we've all seen the movie where it's like, oh right, that's it. But it's crazy that it got in compared to the four, which were kind of locks all season. Oh wait, is it is it Denzel? No, that's well, twenty seventeen. It... No, never oh, mind. Never mind. No, never mind. No. Wait, I was thinking of the, the... I was, was Roman that... J Israel. There's the movie about like. Is it the fucking two popes? It is two popes. Yes. Oh, oh my god! god. No. It's Jonathan it Price. Price. Yeah. Oh. It's John- and, <laughs> and Hopkins got in supporting. That's not crazy. We're not crazy. That movie no, doesn't exist. No. No. <laughs> but no. I mean, what if there were two popes? Right. You um, know what I learned about recently? My mom told mm. me this. So the uh, the pope is it Pope Benedict? Who is the pope that uh, Hopkins plays? No, is Pope oh, the good? Is, is Benedict the current one? You're you're you were raised Catholic. You should know this. <laughs> uh, Jorge Mario Borgiolo. Is that the current one? Uh, pope That's Jorge Pope Francis. I- Oh, Francis is the current one. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Benedict was right. the last one. So Benedict apparently was in not in the Nazi youth back in the day. He no, was like he was or wasn't. He was. He was in yeah. like I forget if that was covered in the movie, but like he was in like a Nazi youth group, mm. and like he'll he'll say, ah, you know, I was made or whatever. Uh, but apparently, other stuff came out too, and I'm just like. I did not know that. It is crazy <laughs> that that dude became the Pope. You know, a former Nazi. <laughs> Literally, that's yeah. crazy. Isn't yeah. that nuts? That's I nuts. couldn't believe yeah. it because it's just like mm-hmm. there was no any there there was no one else. You're like ah, it's the <laughs> hands Nazi. are tied. Yeah. Give it yeah. to the Nazi. Uh, yeah. you know he's our new pope. I don't know what to tell you. Our hands are tied. You know yeah. we gotta give it to the Nazi. Yeah, <laughs> or he was just competing against other Nazis for popeship. I guess right. Maybe was that the was the thing. It's like what? Who's like, our favorite Nazi? Yeah. Who's our favorite Nazi? <laughs> who's who we had to choose between the one who was a nazi when he was a kid or a nazi as an adult <laughs> right right exactly which one which one we choosing the child soldier or the one who should have known better <laughs> right oh uh, that's funny that's really funny yeah um what, what were we oh yeah it is crazy that price yeah. got in yeah i yeah. mean he's good in it i guess like i'm fine i guess with that if if it yeah. was going to be like a nothing nomination it could have been worse you know it could have yeah. been fucking malik or whatever for you know like he won though um but yeah oh, no wrong year oh i know but still you know what oh, i mean no i, I mean I he see. won oh, oh, like oh, 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 it could have been disastrous what about taika watiti and jojo Rath? Oh, he's so he's supporting. Luckily, he would not get That's, in the lead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or that fucking kid. Oh no! Don't even. Don't, Is he don't, working now? Don't, I don't. I don't. Care. I know. I know his his uh, the yeah the the other one is in like Home Alone or whatever. Hey, but you know who was the one performance that was big snub that Clay and I both love in supporting actor, Chris Cooper mm. in Little Women, full of oh, super yeah. performance. Yes. Yes. You yes. could have put it in for a beautiful day in the neighborhood. True. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh man, Chris Cooper going for twofer. I like it. Oh, oh Chris Cooper going for twofer? 
<laughs> Coop, Coop's doing the doing the uh, double, double whammy. Oh my god! What if Coop was double nominated? That would never happen. But he already won too. I get it. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just an interesting race because it's like on the one hand, Benderis is sort of that nomination where it's like you did it, like you got in, like this is your celebrated work yeah. working with um Ovar for so many collaborations um but it's just like Joaquin um, just like had it it like all season and that and all four of those winners had it, it all season which made it very boring uh but yeah I mean I think this the closest competition competition was Adam Driver ultimately right it basically was like when you think of like Joker and Marriage Story, you think of the dancing on the stairs or the fight in the kitchen, <laughs> like, right? Punching of the wall. That's actually not a bad like idea though, where it's like the onlineness of I, I hate that, but were they not like, you doing know, clips this... this Oscars? Was this the one where they didn't do the clips? Oh, I you know that's funny that you say that. Or is I, that the Soderbergh they... one? No, the Soderbergh, I think you may be onto something because the 2020, well, the 2020 ceremony was when they were doing those like montages because I, because it was sort of like, eh. I know, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Full. Bring back the clips. <laughs> Bring back the clips. We want the clips. We do. Clips, clips, clips. It's clips. the best part of the fucking Oscars is the clips. Yeah. And that's why I won't watch them anymore. Is that they don't have the fucking clips? I, want I don't the clips. blame you. Yeah, it's literally the only reason I fucking watch that shit is I like the clips. Um, there was one Oscars was just... where, sorry, there was one Oscars where there the memorial like in memoriam section was like twenty seconds long, and usually right. it's like five minutes long. Right. Oh, yeah, oh, I boy. miss the clips. Hmm. Bring and back the clips. The clips. So, because I always, because that's my that was my favorite part. When I'm watching, like, or when someone gets nominated, I'm like, what clip are they going to choose? You know, what's the what's the yeah. clip? <laughs> or like when they see when you see their performance, it's like in the award circuit. You're like, that's the Oscar clip, right? Exactly. Yeah, and I think that's yeah. fun. That's like one of the fun things about that's award fun. season. Is like, what's the yeah. clip? Now right. they don't. I don't even have that anymore. They fucked pretty... out. Of, they fucked us out of that one. I'm pretty sure it was like because now I'm trying to remember that ceremony. Um, it's like Laura Dern, like when she won supporting actress, it was like a quick cut moments of her marriage story performance. But it was like you can so clearly see like that moment when it's like uh Scarlett Johansson is in her office for the first time and they were talking about that the marriage um and it's like that whole monologue you can so clearly see like that being teed up for the clip but then it's like the one year that they don't do the clips it's it's a waste you know but did they stop doing the clips in 2019 or i think it was either I think it so. was either it was either right before the pandemic or the pandemic year i forget which one really I think Soderbergh brought it back. I'm pretty sure. I know it's one of the most useless changes you can mm. make. Oh, did they bring it back for last year? I don't know if I watched it last. I... No, I did because I saw the slap. <laughs> the slap. 
remember the slap it's crazy no i i, I don't yeah i know i'm trying to rack my brain but i yeah well let me ask you uh, this what would be suit. your banderas clip to bring it back to pain and glory oh it doesn't mean it's your favorite scene but the one sure, because it has sure. to be the most like acting capital a um I mean, they sort of like always go with the capital A acting for the clips, but I mean, mm-hmm. my personal one to show like the the centerpiece of the performance and the emphasis of what um, that character means. I think it's that final conversation with his mom um, when he's like, I disappointed you for just being me. Right. Or something along those lines. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good yeah. choice, Jack. That's a great choice. Yeah. Um. Ooh, I mean, I don't think I can beat that. I mean, personally, just him like sucking face would be fun. Just like absolutely like devouring. uh, Rodrigo's face, yeah. Yeah, just like absolutely (laughs) like I couldn't. I didn't know mouths could open that wide. Um, I don't think you should even (laughs) announce uh, the the performance that's nominated or the film either. You should just cut to show it. Federico show and it. Salvador. Like it's in the middle of they're like, just like eating Jonathan Price other. and Leo DiCaprio. Yeah, it, I know. Yeah, that's a smart decision. Um, no, I I would do the, I mean, I would do that scene. I would. Ooh, which part though? So good. Um, probably when they're talking about, like you didn't. You didn't interrupt anything. You know, I just wanted to be like the best I could be with you. But I chose like I've never felt anyone. I've never felt this way about anyone else since. Um, Because that's I mean, that's the fucking moneymaker right there. That's the home run. That's the, you know, fucking lock lock Mm -hmm. them, load them and just absolutely knock it out of the park. Um, So that would be my pair. That would also be my pick, but I would also like, you know, how some clips, they don't just do like one. They kind of like splice together, mm-hmm. like from different scenes. I would also I would do what you said, Clay, like that scene as well. But I would also do like I really love the shots of him like submerging himself in water, like in the mm-hmm. pool and everything. Yeah. There's a shot where he like after he's done reminiscing about like a scene from like from his childhood, like you see banderas like come out of the pool in the shot like mm-hmm. his face when he comes out of the water is right it's like it's gorgeous and it, he like he just sells that like pain and like remembrance it's just so good you could say that he sells the pain and glory oh man. I hate you. All right. <laughs> fuck all right bye everybody <laughs> Is Brighton Doyle feeding you this? Is that Canadian motherfucker in your ear? <laughs> Sorry, Brighton, I gotta go. What? What'd you say? Um, right. Anyway, anyway uh, I will yeah, no, call I, the Mounties on him. <laughs> uh, it's rubbing off. But no, I think it's interesting that, yeah, to think about that shot, that's like, it's so vulnerable because. You see someone too. It's so good yeah, in the like beginning. The introduction. Um, oh my god! I'm thinking about the beginning now in the lost art of the title sequence, which is just so like gorgeous, and it, it sets yes. you up for this for this like visual feast that, of course, we come to expect from Almodovar. But it's like we've lost that title sequence. It's so 
it's so true to to being this a piece of i mean i don't know maybe it's like a reach but like a piece of cinema right because it's like this is this is really like pulled from so much real life but but um that but setting up with with something that's like like here's what we show you to start the show um it -hmm. sets you up for something more fictional than than what we believe to be autobiographical without even maybe realizing it just just from those those credits alone um yeah and and then we cut to that um first flashback which is just like so i I don't know i don't know it's just i I know i'm going all all over the place i just i love the lighting of that of the flashback sequences too where it's just like it feels so it doesn't feel like a typical like cut to like someone someone's past life it's just yeah like integrated very well there's a for comparison's sake like there's a andrew nichols movie called the host it's adapted from a stephanie meyer book and the way the that one with movie, not the one with Saoirse ronan that's Saoirse ronan oh and like <laughs> and diane kruger yeah yeah <laughs> the and the way that movie does flashbacks is like not great it, it's like the worst <laughs> post-production blur like <laughs> it's it's even worse than like filming it in like black and white because like you can't you can barely see anything it's like you we know it's the past you don't need to do this blur effect (laughs) and the way this pain and glory does it is like so expertly done and right (laughs) it's communicated beautifully and like you get it immediately so no it is funny where it's like when you see something so simple done so poorly done it's like you can really appreciate more yes like the experts yeah yeah, leave it, leave it to the experts, please. Yeah, leave it to the experts. Leave it to Madovar. Yeah, to to you know, like <laughs> create something so um, easy and uncomplicated, like a flashback, and then just to see like Andrew Nichols like <laughs> take this. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Um. Yeah, it's 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 just like this idea that you i don't know and it does and it so could easily feel ham-fisted like i said earlier where it's it really does feel like a one cohesive thing um but rather it's like yeah like it's sneakily like yes like this is like he was bright as young age he was discovering sexuality but yes but yet like like just like a, a kinship towards his mom and it's all these things where it doesn't feel like too neat or anything like that it's just mm-hmm. yeah when, when they go like there's a scene at the beginning where the mom and dad are like moving into their new place and it's like it's literally like a cave yeah and, <laughs> and like the mom is kind of not not freaking out about it but she's like really a cave like really this is the best we can do and then like you um salvador he's a kid and he's looking up through the sky like the skylight and it's like it's such like an innocent like beautiful scene they disagree about about trying to make this a home but then she eventually does Mm -hmm. um and and it's shoot what's the line we're in when he was he was talking about being sent to church or or catholic school um oh yeah seminary yeah. seminary yeah seminary yeah right 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 which by the way i i saw that um 
Omidovar's brother plays the priest in that in that one moment. The singing oh, one? Yeah, the singing one, yeah. Oh. But, that's fun. That's a that's a fun fun deal, right? Uh Tony Banderas won best actor at Cannes also and uh should have won it, he should have won it yeah, at the what? fucking Academy Awards. <laughs> well, yeah. there was this um Richard T uh yeah. shoot, I forget who uh, it was, but, uh you know, uh but uh, also, some kind um, of clown prince of crime. Yeah, clown prince of crime. Oh man, uh, Alberto Iglesias scored this movie, and it is just it's exceptional. Of course, like he had been working with Almodovar for a very long time. I just wanted to shout out the score; it's so good. Um, I I had listened to the Parallel Mothers score, um, oh, so much. It's that one's because that was a surprise nomination uh last mm-hmm. year's oscar race uh we can go over what else is nominated and then we will rank everything we've covered before a favorite scene unless we have um, final yeah thoughts. that that or yeah i think that works yeah yeah awesome um yeah as we've uh, <laughs> i kind of already you know mentioned them but doesn't matter uh parasite ended up winning the oscar along with you know yep seen it right um pain and glory i I think that we've sort of established right now like if there were no parasite yeah that would have been this character yeah this would have yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. like paul went over as like a former winner especially gets a leg up and did Um, it uh penelope present it oh i know i'm sorry you were gonna get to that but um i actually i did well actually i forgot to look up parasites i'm pretty sure because then people then people were like Oh, oh, right. Like, oh, I think you might be right. Um, is Amadovar gonna yeah. win? Is Amadovar gonna win? You know, you're completely right. Um, yeah. well, because, um, well, what's interesting is like I had it confused for a second with um, Omidovar winning the Oscar for uh, All About My Mother and um, Antonio Banderas and 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 Penelope yeah, Cruz, yeah, Cruz. yeah like that's a famous kiss. Kiss. where it's yeah. like she ca- she shouts out Pedro, yeah. Um, it's very nice. Uh, also nominated is Honeyland, the documentary. Um, I've not seen it in Macedonia. Is it common for documentaries to get nominated for best international? I film? think that was a stat where it's like one of the first ones. Wow. Yeah, if not the first. Yeah, I, I don't, don't remember it yeah. happening. One of the first. Yeah. Maybe like Leviathan um, or whatever. Or no, yeah, maybe right. maybe the Ukraine one. Winter on fire. I don't know. Don't 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 don't, don't yeah. mind me um also les mis les miserables uh I was, I was telling you both that i saw this today because this one of course like i said it's you know the whole thing about not not selecting portrait really on fire for the oscar entry and I, I was curious how it actually is it's fine it sort of has uh a pretty good like opening like a sh- pretty good short film in its opening and then it sort of like runs out of steam as it goes on right uh it tries to i mean it, if we don't know it's about like a real life event um in paris that that's like place over uh y- y- say it with me everybody um police injustice that happened in in france right. in 2005 yeah. and it sort of like tries to uh humanize some characters that it shouldn't really humanize uh and it sort of doesn't really have its politics in any corner in a corner that will last throughout the movie but ultimately it's really well made and the performances are really good but it's 
you know, a, a classic case. I feel like it, I'm repeating from, uh, you know, that awards race, but it's, it's no portrait. Uh, and also Corpus Crispy, um, if anyone's seen. Uh, it's a Polish movie. film. Really? really. I love that movie. So good. <laughs> um, yeah, from Poland. I, I, it's actually a pretty strong uh, year of, of like visibility for this uh, category. Uh, I recommend Honeyland. I remember being pretty dazzled by that one. Uh, let's get to our rankings. What do we say? Alrighty. Yeah. I have it pulled up. So Wes, would you like to go first since you sort oh, of Oh damn. All right. Never yeah. mind. All right. I, I guess I won't go first. I just said I've never heard go of <laughs> fuck. All right. Shit. Okay. Wes has the right. least amount to do. And okay. you just I have, yeah, I'm <laughs> I gotta say it's gonna be a short one for me, fellas. Uh <laughs> let me just pull up the year real quick. The long list that you have. The long, yeah, the long list here. All right, so what I have seen is Pain and Glory, obviously, Parasite. I have seen Roma and Ida. You've seen them more, right? Huh? You've seen them more? I saw, I can't, I can't say I've seen the movie. I've seen part of it, not all of okay. it. Okay. Okay. But I want to give myself a chance to, yeah, so. Hmm. My ranking would be um, from those, the bottom, from the top, Roma. Then I would go Ida. And then number two would be Pain and Glory. And then one is Parasite. Okay, Clay, now you can go. Thanks, man. I appreciate <laughs> of course. it. Of um, I would go, so at the bottom, I don't, if anyone's listened to this many figures, I don't think anyone would be surprised. The Great Beauty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like it. Uh, there's some good parts <laughs> of it. Rafa kind of sold me on it a little bit. Then I was like, oh, no, wait, I, I still hate it. Uh, I don't hate it. I don't like it. I don't know. <laughs> I have difficult feelings. Uh, In a Better World does not exist. Not a real movie. Mm-hmm. You know, Denmark, pah, whatever. Um, a Fantastic Woman. Ah, very mixed. You know, we talked about it. It's, ah, I don't know. I don't know. I kind of, it's well made. Uh, That's, that's all I got. Um, Son of Saul, also complicated feeling, still decent, you know, well made, has a lot of things going for it. Uh, Super engaging would be my word. It's very engaging. Everything else though is like hit or miss. Uh, Salesman, Farhadi, doing real solid work. Mm. Um, Ida, um, I have Ida and Roma kind of tied. I still don't really know which one I prefer, but mm. Ida is also really solid, short, um, well shot. Performances are great. Um, I think I have less critiques with Ida than Roma, but Ida is just, but like Roma has like higher highs. You know what I mean? Like mm. it has lower lows yeah. and it has higher yeah. highs. Yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. So Roma uh, would be after Ida for right now. Then the top four super mm-hmm. like, that's it. A more a uh, fucking devastating i mean just of it's a rough one it's a rough one to watch uh, did it live separate... up to as devastating as you thought no i well the thing is now i'm just like I've, all these fucking movies i'm like i guess compare in comparison i mean like you know <laughs> son of fucking saul uh <laughs> fantastic woman ida roma's not a fucking picnic either so it's like these are some rough ass yeah. movies um a separation mm-hmm. one of the most heartbreaking endings in the last 20 years or something like that it's just 
incredible for Hadi. Yeah. Just absolute great. Uh, Pain and Glory number two. Talked about it. Mm-hmm. I like the movie. Fun fact. Um, and Ben Parasite number one. Mm-hmm. Movie we have okay. already covered. Yes. Uh, okay. Very similar. Uh, bottom fives. I think uh, number ten. I have in a better world. Um, doesn't doesn't have the cultural footprint that like I think the others have. Still well made, but not ripping enough to melodramatic. Yeah, performances it's... are fine. It's too long. Mm-hmm. It's a melodrama without much bite, like I thought it would have. The ending's decent. Yeah, yeah. It make. I mean, you know, we. I think we even hate to say it on our on our episode that I quite like. Um, I think Suzanne Beer is more fit for television, but you know, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Some people just 10, don't have it. That's yeah, that's one of yeah. Those. She doesn't have the juice. Number ten, I have the Great Beauty. Uh, you know, you you. I I think I I like the movie more than you. I don't love it. it. It's. I don't think it was a great starting place for Sorrentino, but I'm. I would be curious to see more um it's certainly like those movies about him in the club or like those like club movies sound pretty mm-hmm. cool that um, the Rafa, um, um recommended us it's one of those things where it's like you know you just you need to get on its wavelength and i think if if you sort of like let it wash over you it will be rewarding but i think i just liked these more uh son of Saul, just like, like italians <laughs> i think that's the thing i think that's, that's it. just yeah. like italians are you even into italian cinema like have you no, seen No, I mean I've seen yeah, I've seen some yeah, yeah I've, okay. I've seen well, some. You know, I'm just yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not uh, not 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 as much as I would would wish, but you know. Margaretti. Uh oh Son of Saul, I have at number nine. Like we said on our episode, very engaging and well made, mm-hmm. albeit just formally questionable. Um just yeah, don't like, like seeing the dude's back for yeah. the whole movie. Yeah. All right. That's yeah. just sue me. All right. I don't like seeing a dude's back for a, a thir- an hour and 20 minutes. Um, last second, I swapped nine and eight because now I have a fantastic woman at eight. I like, uh, I, again, I like the movie more than you. Uh, I think it does. Uh, I think it, it's filmmaking does a lot. Right. And I, right. I can, I, I, I think the Daniel Vega performance. Yeah. She's pretty it great. Keeps, it keeps me. Like it keeps the issues in the movie like on a parent, like parent the parenthetical periphery view, right? Parent, yeah, thank you. Um, where it's just like I sort of like key in on her, like, yeah, she makes you ignore the yeah. shit. I, I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, seven, a more, uh, just as you know, complete of a package as in 2012. Uh, Jordan spoke about it beautifully. It's, so it, it really feels like a send off for two of like France's finest actors, as well as um, a work of of uh, the end of life and an end of a relationship. Number six is Roma. Um, I I and number I mean six through one are are all pretty great, and this is like really interchangeable. But um, it Roma I think is is just really really good and. Yeah, like we said, like kicked off that era of like autobiographical autobiography fiction. Um, but I, I think I only put it at six because number five at the salesman impressed me so much on rewatch. Um, yeah, just like another great work of tense uh marital drama from another Bacani. ending where you're just like, I don't know what I, I would fucking yes, do either, dude. Yes. It's those All are both these, like 
have philosophical all, movies. All of these have like such challenging, you know, hard to reach endings. But really, it's like Farhadi is like really has made a career of those. Um, number four is Parasite. Uh, wow, I, I mean, I Whoa. like, I, I like, Ver- I like it. I think it's because I've seen it. You know, obviously the least recent out of these, and, That's and the top three are so yeah. undeniable. Um, like I said, number three is Pain and Glory. I think this movie is a masterpiece, but the the other two I think are also like masterpieces. Um, number two is Ida. I'm surprised um, Ida is so high. That's dope. Yeah, yeah, I, I love them. I, I think the movie's beautiful. Um, and number one is the separation. Uh, again, I think the movie's beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where it's like I just I saw. I mean, like I say in the episode, like I saw it at the right moment when I didn't know movies can make me feel that way. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the same goes for Ida, but almost like a separation at a better time. And I mean, I'm now noticing that. Um, the top five are all rewatches for me, right? And oh, interesting, yeah, right. And but, well, it's uh, because we wanted to cho- we wanted to watch the ones that you know we exactly people actually yeah. said were good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, a separation is just one of those movies where you just think. Yeah, I when I think about it, it fucks me up. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some of those movies where you think about, it, you're like, fuck, man, I just shit. Oh, that was oof, that was really rough, real rough because it's so. I mean, I I think we obsessed over the ending in that in the, in our episode, but it's something I can't shake. It's mm. a pretty life altering oh. decision that is made at the end yeah. of that film that I can't not think about. Yeah, on a on a different yeah no I completely understand that. Um, on a different day, I think all this top three could be like circling around right. number one, but I think it's just that episode convinced me to like it more also. And, and, but yeah, it's, yeah. For Hadi. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Hey, thank you so much for, for Oh, sorry. uh, Being, I mean, for, you know, tuning into another mini series with us. Thank you to everyone who joined us for these episodes. We understand that they were, you know, quite a handful to, to, to digest, but you know, it's, it was sort of like, this is the, uh, the platform that's, that's made for, you know, sorting out that, the 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 ones that we chose not to revisit after its award season, you know. Um, but yeah, West Musinski, thank you so much for being here. This is, this yeah, is an absolute, always delight to, to have you back. You guys, yeah. Um, yeah. Are you working on anything now, or like everything to plug, or? Oh, um, have any words of wisdom? I have absolutely nothing to plug, but stay in school, kids. That's my there you word go. of advice. There you go. Yeah. Stay in school. I like Stay in that. School. Yeah, but all I'm working on right now is like a bunch of um, short films for school. And when I graduate next year, I'm planning on like actually putting out my graduation film like online, like actually putting something out there. So, oh, mm. fuck yeah. Yeah. Stay tuned. Mm. Nice. We'll have you that back to great. promote it. Yeah, exactly. That'll be fun. Oh, thank you. Your filmmaker. How's that sound? Oh, it's crazy. It's <laughs> weird. <laughs> Stop saying it. No, I don't want to do Stop this. Stop saying it. No. no <laughs> Stop. <more>. Don't. <laughs> don't say it anymore. <laughs> don't, don't say it again. Yeah, okay, but thank yeah. you guys uh, so much. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. But this is an absolute pleasure. Uh 
I can be found on Twitter at Jackie Draper. My letterbox is Jack Draper seven. Um, this movie is available on Tubi, which is very exciting. Um, and we would love for Tubi to actually, I can't say, uh, I want Tubi to sponsor us, but, um, it's, I think it's a very fitting end to have like, you know, you know, movie on an unboard over movie on Tubi is like a gift to the world. Just like have that free access to something that's just so undeniable. Um, and yeah, next episode will be going back to our typical guest choice format. Um, and with that, real switch will up. Be- a real <laughs> switch up from what the fuck we've been covering. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, I guess I guess to a, it, it is a switch up, but I guess to a better degree, it's like this one wasn't like the heaviest. We aren't ending on a more or something. No, I right? know that's. Yeah. yeah and it's like to, i guess like we'll take what we're we also gonna get. have another redhead um, on that's weird <laughs> you can't stop us oh, next week mitchell Beaupre is back uh <laughs> we will be covering the hot tub time machine duology oh we're um, doing both i forgot i thought we were just doing one <laughs> shit okay remember in 2014 yeah Fuck. Okay, we got another. Right, but oh shit! It's, um, I gotta watch those movies. Goddamn! I think we better get ready for our runtime record to be break it to be broken. Uh, you know, this somehow is we're gonna talk about it's... Jack Reacher. Somehow, I don't fucking know how, but you are gonna fucking. <laughs> uh, we can't right. go back, but um, this is one where it's like no one else can talk about it. But Mitchell, this is one where it's like someone planted a flag long ago. And uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be a good one, I'm sure. Perfect. Yeah, everyone can. Oh wait, do you want to plug your? Do you did you plug yourself? Did you plug uh-huh. your Twitters? And if you were paying that? attention, uh, you would have. <laughs> I was doing important things. Uh, very important things. Uh, you can follow me at Birds of Clay on Twitter and on Letterboxd. You follow me at Mr. Clay Williams on Instagram. You can follow the podcast Twitter account at ETT Pod. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Greatly appreciate it. You can send us an email at exiting through the 2010s at gmail.com. Uh, you know, leave a review, run up to someone on the street, uh, do two claps, uh, pound your chest when you're smoking heroin with your estranged friend oh yeah recommend if, them absolutely if you're exiting smoking through the heroin 2010s. with any a friend you haven't seen in 30 yeah. years definitely recommend us yes uh, that's the best possible time to recommend mm-hmm. our podcast when you're um, when you're uh connecting with a past lover oh shit did we do favorite scene we did not oh i was gonna skip it oh all right. I feel like we talked what if about we, we, we could, you know, we did Oscar scene. What if we do that? That's our. Yeah, that's our favorite scene. There you go. Yeah, that's our favorite scene. Okay, I like that. Yeah, I guess that also counts. Yeah. Okay, so don't do heroin. Piece of advice, by the way, unless you're recommending our podcast and do all the heroin you want. Yes. If you're reconnecting to an old lover, after you give them a smooch. Oh, and it is a smooch. It's after fucking get your whole mouth in there dude just mm-hmm. absolutely <laughs> after a smoldering uh just suck some you face. know connection just suck some face um, and then recommend mark- exiting through the 2010s right I think that, right that's and after you suck their in. face yeah then yeah. you just like hey you should listen to this podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> um well that's it another mini series in the books 
Thank you all so much for listening. We'll catch you next time on Exiting Through the 2010s. Nice.